With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Joshua chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. <clears throat> should use my iPad, but I'm going to read from here. Joshua. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the New King James Version. But what I'm reading from is the King James Version. But I, but I, I, use, I go in a change between them. So... Uh, <clears throat> Joshua chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. If you have to say, I have it. If you don't have to say, wait up. All right. I love it. I love it. Here is right after what? And right before Judges, right? Amen. Joshua chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. If you have it, say, I have it. If you don't, if you don't have it, say, wait up. And it came to pass. When all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we, until we were passed over, that their heart melted. Neither was, there, neither was there spirit in them any more because of the children of Israel. At that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, Make thee sharp knives, and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made them made him sharp knives, and some of your Bibles will say that it was made of flint. Made sharp knives, and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill, and what we said, the foreskin is what the Bible says. Don't, don't, don't get caught up in all of that now, just... Hang in there. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out of came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way as they came forth out of Egypt from they, were they I'm sorry, them they had not uh, circumcised. But for the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were circumcised, were consumed because they, uh, they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto them, unto whom, I'm sorry, the Lord swear that he would not show them the land, which the Lord swear unto the, their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. And their children whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass 
when they had done circumcising all the people that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. And some of your Bibles will say until they were healed. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day, say this day, I have rolled away, I have rolled away, the reproach of Egypt off you. Wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land and, I'm sorry, on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And then verse 12 is where we're landed. And the men and the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We ask now that you will minister unto us by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, here am I, the temple, your temple, to be used of you as you see fit. I am nothing, but you are everything. Speak to us that we all may grow in knowledge and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ and all that the Father has called us to. We bless you now, and we give you glory, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Over the past several weeks or so, I have mentioned to some of you that this year is a year of new beginning in your lives. So I believe with all my heart that this year, you are going to begin achieving what God put you on the earth to achieve. That's good. And that your success will continue to grow and reach new boundaries so long as you put and keep Christ first. Christianity is not, as some people say, a religion. It is a relationship between the believer and Christ entered into by faith. Everything you do must be for God's glory. In order to walk into your new beginning, you've got to be willing to let go of your past. You see, there are a lot of us here today that have a lot of baggage from way back in the day. And there are some some of us who are young here today that have done some things that they don't want their parents to figure out or find out about it because they know they'll be toasted. They'll be toast once their parents find out about it. Yeah, I see the smiles. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I must be on the right track. But listen, you've got to let go of your past hurts, your past disappointments, your empty relationships, uh, your mistakes, and your disobedient wrong. You've got to let it all go. You can't hold on to it. You've also got to allow God's forgiveness of your past to resonate in your heart. See, God will, for God has forgiven you. If you have confessed your wrongdoing to God, he has forgiven you. The challenge is that you haven't forgiven yourself. Now, if God is bigger than you, and he is, and if he is greater than you, and he is, and if he has forgiven you of your sins, which he has, then there is absolutely no reason whatsoever 
why you should continue holding on to the baggage of your past. All it does is hold you down. How many of you think that you can put a 20-pound weight on your back and then jump into the water you think you can hold your breath and you'll float to the top? You won't, will you? And in the same way, you can't hold on to your past like a weight on your back and then expect to rise to where God wants you to be. It doesn't matter what your age is. God still has a purpose for you, and he wants to fulfill that in your life. But in order for you him to do that, you've got to let go of the past in order that you can go into your new beginning. When Israel departed Egypt, every time they ran into difficulties, the first thing out of their mouth was uh, they, they complained. They said, well, oh, that we had just died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Listen, when we... When we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full, see, their stomach is the only thing they, they're concerned about. When they got hungry, they, they, they looked at God, and God was great when he parted the Red Sea. God was great when he took the wheels off of Pharaoh's chariot. God was great when he destroyed the enemy within the midst of the Red Sea. But then when it came to their needs and they got hungry, they forgot all about God. And now they're saying God was incapable of doing anything for them. He was incapable of beating them. The mentality. It's amazing. I find it amazing how one moment you can say that you love your spouse or you love your children or that you love your parents, and then the next moment when they don't do something that you want them to do, when you want them to do it, then all of a sudden they are no good. You can't stand them. You don't even want to be around them. It's amazing, isn't it? Well, people, we, we treat God the same way. The children of Israel did. And then we, we treat each other the same way as well when, we don't, when our friends don't do what we want them to do. Last time we talked about uh, validating one another. God validates you. And when God validates you, that just tells you who you are, approves of who you are. People, when they validate you, if you don't do what they want you to do, then all of a sudden they demonize you and they talk bad about you because you don't do what they want you to do. Now you, they don't affirm you anymore. They try to destroy you. But God affirms you. When your parents affirm you, you don't have to worry about somebody else saying, oh, 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 Dominic, man, you are just so handsome, or, 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 or Chloe, you're just so gorgeous. No, you don't have to worry about somebody else validating you because your parents have already done it. They don't have to do it. See, that's the problem. We think that our parents have to validate us and tell us the truth, tell us a lie, but that's not true. Our parents tell us things that they're telling us the truth. You know, am I smart? Yes, you are smart. Am I pretty? Yes, you are pretty. Am I handsome? Yes, you are handsome. Uh, but you got to, but you're dying for, for this young man or this young girl to say, find you interesting. And then you go, oh, he says I'm this. Oh, I just can't, I can't. I can't stand. Can you believe it? And then, or he just, you know, he just told me I'm this. And Karen, how did you know? Well, I say I like it. See, you got your head is already gone. Your mind is already gone. Listen, when God validates you, nobody else can validate you more. That's as simple as that. So just listen. They complain when they get, when they ran just two and a half months after they walked out across the Red Sea. God did all this up. They even saying in, in, in uh, the 15th chapter, Moses and the children of Israel saying about how God just did all these great things, and then as soon as they hit something, God, a, a hot tough fight in their life, oh, God just said, he's just not there. He doesn't know what to do. He's not doing anything. 
How did he respond? First, he remembered Abraham's promise to Abraham. I love it. He remembered, and then he delivered them from their bondage physically. Don't miss it. Physically. See, God can deliver you physically from your problems. And he will deliver you physically from your problems. But he cannot detach you emotionally from your problems. Why? Because it is a choice. It is a choice. You choose to hold on to the past and let it hold you down, or you can choose to let go of the past in order that you can move forward in the things that God has created you and put you on this earth for. So I want you to know that just as God heard Israel's cries, remembered his promise to Abraham and delivered them, he will also hear your cries in the middle of the night, no matter where you are, no matter what time, no matter how dark it is, so he sees your struggles and he sees your pain and he remembered his promise to Jesus Christ and listen. And so he is now ready to deliver you from your Egypt. But first, God would need to deliver the Israelites from the Egyptian prison. Remember I said that he delivered them physically. Now he has to deliver them mentally. To do this, those who left Egypt would die during their 40-year journey, and their sons and daughters would enter the promised land. Why? Because 40 years is a time of testing. It is, it, and the old generation failed the test. Oh, these kids today with these newfangled things, these, these uh, the iPods, iPads, or, uh, what do you call this thing, iPads, or you know, or, or, or these uh, these intelligent phones, I mean, these smartphones and all this electronic, you know, take all of that. Hello, this is the 21st century. Not only can it take all of that, it takes more. This, this device here indicates that someone is looking beyond the norm. They're looking beyond what people say is. They're not locked in to just one particular era. They're moving forward. By the time this came out, a new generation had already begun. By the time you get old, a new generation is already coming up. So you can't think that way. And so for 40 years, they just kept on talking about, I wish we just stayed in Egypt. At least we had food in Egypt. They forgot that they were slaves. They forgot that they were beaten. They forgot that they were, the straw was taken away. Now they had to get their own straw and still make brick, the same amount of bricks every day. They forgot about all of that. They forgot about the slums they lived in. And they walking around in, in, in the desert and they think, oh, man, if only we had stayed in Egypt. Why would you want to stay there? Why would you want to stay with someone that beats you all the time? Why would you want to stay with someone that cusses you out all the time? put you down and make you feel bad about yourself. Why would you want to do, do that? Why would you subject yourself to that? It doesn't make sense, does it? Logically, it doesn't make sense. Why do you do it? Because you know nothing else. And you're unwilling to try to learn something else, something more. Oh, but it's hard, it's difficult. Yes, life is hard and difficult. I'm a Ph.D. student. And I, and I sweated for, and I got several extensions because I wasn't sure that I was doing everything right. 
And after doing everything, I put 250 pages of work together, and I put it in the mail to my theology to my seminary, and then I got my grade back uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And that was a relief because I thought I didn't know. But when I got my grade, that encouraged me more. Now I'm more confident in my going into my next assignment in serving in the New Testament. I'm more confident now. It's the same way when I went through my undergrad. It was the same way when I went through my master's. It's the same way. And my wife can tell you she's got a doctor, and I struggle how she struggled. She didn't know if it was right or wrong, but she applied herself. She worked hard. She didn't know, but she studied, and she worked, and she made it. That's what I'm talking about. When we defeat ourselves before we give our chance and opportunity, ourselves an opportunity to be more, to produce more, to become more than who we are, then we will stay where we are. For 40 years, they stayed in Egypt, even though their bodies were outside of Egypt. Yes. 40 years, the number of testing. Some of you here may be refusing to let go of your past. Young people and old people alike, you're refusing to let go of your past. I implore you, let go. If, if that is the case, you need to know that where God wants to take you, there is no place for your Egypt. Mm-hmm. See, the old folks couldn't go into the promised land because they were stuck in Egypt. Egypt and, and the promised land don't mix. They, they, they don't mix. They can't mix. Because when you get in the promised land, you treat the promised land just like Egypt treated you. And if you and, and that's like saying you can take a you can take the person out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the person. That's exactly what that is. You can, I, I'm going to hold on to it. I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care. This is me. This is my life. I am three times six. I am eight times four. I am ten times three. I am. This is me. This is my life. I can do what I want to do. Okay, fine. You go ahead and you do what you want to do. I love what the Cosby show. You guys watched the Cosby show. I was watching it one time when I was younger, uh, and how uh, Denise came home. Denise had some money, and uh, her mother was trying to give her some advice on how to, I think, how to, how to, you know, preserve her money. You know, she said, and she got all upset. You know, people don't like to tell them how to how to spend their own money. And she said, let me tell you something. This is my house. You can take those few dollars that you have, and you can go and you can discover America. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. See, people don't want you to tell them what to do. And so God says, okay, I know their heart. I'll just let them drop right there in the wilderness. But where you're going, your past, God doesn't want you to hold on to that past because if you hold on to that past, it will hinder you in the future. The same thing that held you back then will hold you back in the future. You don't want to be held back. You don't want to be held down. You want to move forward. That's what God wants from us. That's why Egypt can't go with you. So, so where God is taking you, the inhabitants will fear you. In other words, there are going to be people in the very same profession that you're in. You heard about the cutthroat. There are people that will try their best to keep you from accomplishing what God has called you to accomplish. That's okay. Because 
the children, you know, the Ammonites and those in Canaan, when they heard the children of Israel cross over the river, what God did and how he opened up the Jordan River on, and, and the people crossed over on dry land, they were scared inside. The Bible says they had no spirit left in them. Let me tell you something. When you don't have something, the little that you have, even if you don't have that spirit in you, you will fight tooth and nail to hold on, even though you know it's going to be a hopeless cause, even though you know that because God opened the Red Sea, he destroyed Pharaoh and his army, he opened the, the, the uh, Jordan River, and he's bringing the children of Israel over to take this land that he promised to Abraham way back in the 15th chapter of Genesis. He is going to take this land, and there's nothing you can do about it, but they're going to fight like, they, like God is nothing. You see, the problem is, the problem they're thinking and the problem what a lot of people think today is that they think that God is just a God of land, that he can work miracles on the water, he can work miracles on the land, he can be that cloudy pillar by day and that pillary fire by night, but he can't do anything else. And that's a mistake. People say, you look like this on the outside, and, and they, they may say, oh, well, I've been working with him or I've been working with her or I've been going to school with her or him for a while, and, and, I, and they, they're not that smart. But what they don't know, what they don't know is that you haven't tapped into the potential that God has placed within you. And at some point, as you grow and begin to mature, you will begin to start tapping into what God has created you to be. And then all of a sudden, you're going to go to college and you're going, whoosh, I'm on, I'm on the dean's list. You're going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm magna cum laude, summa cum laude. I graduated. Wow, look at that. And they're going to look at this and say, well, how is that possible when you were only getting C's and, and B's and, 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 and E's over here? Because I have matured. I have tapped into what God has created me to be. And now that I have a taste for it, I'm not turning back. See, that's why you can't let Egypt hold on. You can't hold on to Egypt because Egypt will always remind you of where you came from. You've got to let go of Egypt so that you can move forward. But even though they know that God could move the Red Sea, could move the Jordan River, they still own that land, and they were not going to give it up without a fight. So just because someone sees you coming into their, into that profession and, you've got, and you, you're energetic and you're ready to make your mark doesn't mean that people are going to roll over and slide over and allow you to do it. You have to have that dogged determination that no matter what, I am going to press my way. This is what I'm here on this earth for, and nothing on earth is going to stop me from doing that. But I must have Christ in my life. I must seek him first. I must put him first. I must always glorify him no matter what it is that I do. That's what it is. See, the people lost heart when they did not lose their fight. They determined no man, even though he knows that his house is being, is being broken into, and he probably realizes he's probably not going to have that great of a chance, but he knows his house better than, than the people that are coming in. So he's going to fight with everything that he has to keep that person from coming into his house and taking over his life. Why? Because he has wife and he has children and he has stuff that the Lord has entrusted him. He will fight to the them. Even if he loses, he will go down fighting because that's his land that God has entrusted to him. He will defend it with his life. That's 
the way it is. And these people, this was their land, they're from generation to generation, and they were not about to give it up without a fight. But the difference between them and us and our profession, what God has called us to, is that they don't have the corner market on everything. They don't have all the bright ideas. And that's why we need young people, and that's why we need to make sure young people understand who they are. They must understand that no matter what things look like, that is not necessarily the way it has to be. They have the capacity, they have the means to think beyond where they are. The reason I was the song, God raised me up to be more than I could be. Yes, you don't look at where you are and what you think you can do. Look to God and what God can do for you. That's where your that's where your growth, that's where your progress will come. Not in who you are and your own capabilities, but what you can do. With God, your capabilities in God's hand become supernatural. Some people say, like, like on steroids. <laughs> now, so I just want to talk to you just a little bit this morning, because I want you to I want you to get rid of Egypt. I want Egypt to I want you to, to get rid of your past. Not I mean, your past doesn't make you strong. This is the hell that you go through. It's the trials and the struggles that you go through that make you strong. That make you more determined but they can also hold you down, hold you back, and keep you from moving forward because you're scared. You can't, you can't allow that. Two people told me in my career, in my military career, well, you need to get out and find another way to take care of your family. They told me that twice. Every time, each time that someone told me that, God elevated me to the next level. And one guy told me that you're not smart enough to do this. <laughs> No, no kidding. I, 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 I made the same rank he did, and I commanded the command. They put his behind out. God. I had one captain say, well, I, I, said, Look, I don't care about what people think. I don't care about what people say. I know God. I know God will do something for me. I know God has. I, I rest in God's trust. I trust God. And I know that whatever comes against me, God is able to deal with it. I trust God for my career. I trust God for my life. And he looked at me and said, well, I sure hope that you're right about your God. Well, I was, and I am. I am, and I was, and I still am. God never failed me. And they got rid of him. So that's what I'm talking about. Every time you listen to what people tell you, and there are some people out there that are wise. You need to surround yourself with people that are wise, that have been there, that know what they're talking about. But when people start being negative to you, telling you what you can't do, that, that shut me down. That when they said you can't do this, my mind cut off. I didn't want to hear them anymore. Because, see, you don't know my future. You don't know what God has for me. But if you allow people to do that to you, you will see stuff right there. And that's what so many people are doing. Listen, I want to talk to you a little bit for, uh, for a little bit here. Egypt is no more a new beginning. God is giving you a new beginning. This year is 2015. How is God giving you a new beginning? I'm glad you asked me the question. Uh, if you look at our text, I'm just going to look at a, a few verses here. Uh, our text uh, gives us three key uh, keys to a new beginning. It's a cutting away of the past. It's a cutting away of the past. It is the past over <laughs> and is the produce. Hmm. 
It is the cutting away of the path. It is the path over, and it is the produce. Now, the cutting away of the past, verses 2 through 9, I'm not going to read it all. I've already read it to you. But what I want to land on is that Jesus, that, that uh, we talked about the circumcision. <clears throat> and so the cutting away of the past is this. Circumcision is cutting away is what that is. In the Old Testament, circumcision involved the cutting away of flesh. This cutting away was a sign of the covenant between God and Abraham and his descendants. Uh, so remember that there was a covenant between God and Abraham and his descendants. Abraham, listen, was 99 years old when God told him to circumcise himself and every male in his household, including those he bought with his own money. Now a sign is a visible mark or object intended to communicate a clear message. So we see it and we say, oh, he's circumcised. No, there's more to it than that. It's a mark. It's a clear sign. Uh, it's a clear sign or a clear message. For example, the sun is the sun shine. That means it's what? What's that? What is it out there? The sun is shining right now. What is that out there? Daylight. And then the moon. The moon comes up and you can see it so clearly. Uh, it, it, and it is not as bright as out there. But what is it then? The sun and the moon are signs. The sun is a, moon, a sign of day. The moon is a sign of night, right? And so are the stars. And that's what we're talking about by sign. So circumcision is, is only a physical sign. Circumcision of the flesh was done during an earth, using an earthly tube out of obedience to God. And all of that was his covenant. Now, it is not necessary to imply that man, that a man had committed his life to God. Just because you have you've been circumcised. This a Jewish man has been circumcised. Doesn't mean that he agreed with God. It just simply means he was a member of the Jewish nation. That's all. Don't miss it. <laughs> so, if that were true, then those men who were circumcised prior to leaving Egypt would not have complained that God brought them out of Egypt to die. God does something in your life. He brings you out of where you were and puts you in to give you a better place to be. Do you think he's doing that so you can die? He's doing that so you can grow and prosper and become better. So if that were true, then, uh, look, the 12 spies would have said to Moses and the people of Joshua. No, they would have listened to Joshua and Caleb. They would not have complained. They would not have rebelled. They would not have talking, spoken evil about God. They would not have talked evil against Moses and Aaron, wanted to destroy them. No, 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 no. Listen what, listen what Caleb, Joshua and Caleb said. The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then, we, then he will bring us into the land, into this land, and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Verse 9, only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, but they are bred. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Do not fear them. We fear them. We fear what we don't understand, what we can't see beyond. But with God, those are all the eyes you need because see, God is omnipresent. 
He sees everything. He knows every trap the enemy will set for you. He knows every lie that people will tell on you. He knows everything before it happens. He's omniscient, meaning he's all-knowing. Not only does he see it all, but he knows it all. And he's omnipresent. That means he's always with you. So no matter where you go, he knows what people are going to plot against you. He knows how they're going to do it. He sees their trips and their plans. He knows exactly where they're going to set them up at. He knows exactly who they're talking to and who they're using to set you up. And then number three, he's right there with you. So he knows. So when he, when you're walking with God, no matter what happens, God has got your back. He's got you. He's got you coming, and he's got you going. He's got you up here, and he's got you down there. No matter where you go, God has got you. And so don't miss it. Jeremiah 20, uh, chapter 9, verse 22, 25, 20 says this. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, because now we talked about the flesh, right? The days are coming, says the Lord, that I will punish all who are circumcised with the uncircumcision. So even if you are circumcised, but if you're un- but if you're hanging out with the uncircumcised, listen, it doesn't matter who, in other words, it doesn't matter whether you're a Jew, it doesn't matter whether you're a Gentile. If you are wrong, God will deal with you on your with uh, concerning your wrong. In other words, Egypt, he says Egypt, Judah, Edom, the people of Ammon, Moab, all who are in the farthest corners, who dwell in the wilderness, no matter who you are, for all these nations are uncircumcised. And then he talks about Judah, and he says, now all the house of Israel are uncircumcised in the heart. That, they're in line of prophecy. You can be circumcised in the flesh, but if your heart is not circumcised, then you don't belong to God. You're not God. Hang in there with me, guys. I'm going to get through this. The true circumcision must first take place in the heart. What are the signs that a person has been circumcised in the heart? There are three signs I want to give you. You want to write these down if you got it. Three signs that you are circumcised in the heart, meaning that you have committed your life to God, that you are sincere about God and who he is and and your relationship with him. Uh, There are three. There is what we call, I call, upward service. And this is true circumcision is worshipped by the Spirit of God. This is that upward service. And, and so those who are in Christ are part of a new order. You are part of a new order. You're not the same as you used to be. You, are not, you have a whole new posse that you're running with. You have a whole new clique that's not for now. Let me not say so. Because we click are just really under stuck up those people. They think they got it going on, but they really don't. But when you're, in the, when you're in the family of God, let me put it that way, there's a new order. See, people that are in God, that are in Christ, they know in whom they have believed, and they're persuaded that no matter what comes against them, they're going to commit their lives to Christ no matter what, against whatever day comes up. So if anyone is in Christ, we're told, he is a what? New creation or creature. Good, creation. This is a new beginning. Old things of what? Passed away. And behold, all things are become what? Now, try to use that new creation, and all things become new. That's important. Don't miss it. New. God is doing a new thing in your life, and he wants to give you a new beginning. Here's the second thing. So the newness of the, cre- I'm sorry, the newness of the creation is the product of crea- 
temptation power. And that's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4 and 6. Here's the second one. Outward boast. How do you know that your heart is changed and that your heart is circumcised? Those who are circumcised is of the heart glory in Jesus Christ. It's just that simple. Those who, those who have been circumcised in the heart glory in Jesus Christ. This is because it is the work of the Holy Spirit exalting to exalt Jesus Christ. And that's what John 16, 14 says. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. When we worship by the Spirit of God, we boast in Jesus Christ. We boast because it is not our hold on Christ that saves us. It is Christ's hold on us that saves us. And here's the third one, that inward confidence. That inward confidence. First we have the upward service, then we have the outward boast of Christ, and then we have the inward confidence. You ever watch somebody, you ever, you ever sit down and, and, and watch um, watch uh, a, a brother or a sister uh, in their, when they're walking, and they, they, they have a certain walk about them, they're really confident who they are, they, they, they exude confidence. You, you ever watch that? And it is those people you say that are moving up the ladder, that are moving, they're confident in themselves, but they're not prideful. That inward confidence that comes from the inside. Everything that begins with you starts on the inside. If anything comes at you from the outside, you better be careful of it. We put out we put no confidence, in other words, in our flesh. That is, we put no confidence in anything that is outside of Christ. That's what we talk about, that inward confidence. If our boast is in Christ, then our confidence cannot be in ourselves. Because you can't do, you can't have both. You're either confident in Christ or you're confident in yourself. You're either confident in Christ or you're confident in the world. But you cannot be confident in both because you're confused. That that causes confusion, and that makes you unstable. We must never place our confidence in external religious observations. And then these are the most violent killers there are. No matter what it may be. Listen, freedom from past bondage. That's that's what he that's what that's what he says here. He says, you know, he says, I'm gonna free you from your past bondage. The Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, he says, cut it away. And then he said the Lord said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So God cut it away freedom from your bondage. But Joshua and Israel's circumcision meant freedom from Egyptian bondage. How many of you have some bondage that you're dealing with right now? Good. Oh, just three? You guys want to share? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I see that's why nobody wants to finish because you think you're getting called out. <laughs> but no, that's, I, would, I wouldn't do that to you. Uh, would I? No. Let me just move on. <laughs> it's definitely no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they will not do what the forefathers did while in the wilderness. There was a new beginning for them. When your heart was changed, you became a light that testifies to the saving goodness of God in Christ, right? Yeah. Really? Is that true? 24-7, 365, 366? Really? I'm loving it. Here's number two, Passover. 
Our second point is Passover, verse 10. Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal, and Gilgal means rolls away, or it means quill, or it means circle. And so God rolled away the sins, the, 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 the path, Egypt, the path of Egypt, the, 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 um, the filth of Egypt, the bondage of Egypt, when they when, when, when Joshua circumcised the men. That began, that started to mark a new beginning. It is the circumcision of the heart. So they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. Listen, the Passover was a celebration. And not everybody could participate in, in the Passover celebration. So you have, to, you have to be a part of the kingdom of God in order to celebrate the Passover. So here, how many Bible students are there? How many know what happened in the Passover? Who can tell me what, what the Passover was all about? Come on, you young people. I know you guys are smart. You got those. Come on, tell us. Tell us. Tell me. Come on. You got it. I see it on your face. Tell me. A lot of people died. Yeah, you're on the right track. Come on, give me more. Yeah, they, they did that. They didn't want to have people. They, wouldn't, they just wouldn't let, the, let, let certain people go. What else they got? Yeah, you know, they were crying for help. What else? You've got, you got some of the elements there. That's good. Come on, give her a hand. You know, don't think that you don't know something. You might not know it all, but you have some of it, and that's important. Listen, the Passover commemorated God's deliverance of the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, but it also pointed to the coming deliverer and savior of all people, Jesus Christ. Israel was required to do several things before the Passover occurred. They were required to choose the Passover lamb. It had to be a male. It had to be young, no more than a year old. It had to be healthy, and they had to, in other words, it had to be free from physical defects. Uh, it had to be examined for four days from selection to sacrifice so they can make sure that everything was okay. And then it had to be slain in public. That reminds you of somebody we know. Yeah, he was slain in where? He was slain in public. Now, none of the bones were broken. Does that remind you of somebody else you know? Were any of his bones broken? So Jesus died, but none of his bones were broken, right? Passover lamb. That's, this is good. And, and, and his blood on the Israelite doorpost and lintel was a sign that God, here you go, what's your name? Here, here you go. Uh, you said people died. They, uh, it was a sign that God passed over and not destroyed the family firstborn, the Jewish children firstborn. So, in other words, the marking of the, the the marking of the doorpost and the lintel over the people, the Jewish Israel people's homes, Israelites' homes, uh, when God came down to destroy the firstborn of the Pharaoh of, of the Egyptians, and He saw the blood on the lintel and on the doorpost, the death angel passed over those houses. That that showed that they were Israelites. They were God's people, and so uh, and so. Egypt then began to what? Cry. What happened when when God really, when, when 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 the children when Egypt's 
firstborn died of their, of their children and of their cattle. What happened? The people began to cry, and they began to, I mean, I could just imagine, I can't even imagine the shrilling and the, and, the, and the pain that they must have experienced knowing that their, their firstborn child had died. What happened then? Yeah. And see, sometimes it takes God to exact just the right amount of pressure to cause someone to get out of your way so that you can do what God is calling you to do. And they, they got in the way, and God dealt with them. And it wasn't pleasant. Oh, come on now. You know what I love about iPads? The technology. No, I'm just kidding. So that's what happened, the firstborn. So when they crossed the Red Sea, when they crossed the Red Sea, that meant that Israel would never again see the faces of their enemy. And God, God did an exclamation point. He did an exclamation point. As, they, as the children, the last ones came, started coming out of the Red Sea, um, Pharaoh's army got a little energy in them. And they said, oh, yeah, they drank that, uh, you know, they drank that Red Bull, and, you know, that uh, five-hour drink. And then they said, we got, we got them now, boy. We, you know, and here it is, the Red Sea now is wide open. And, I mean, the water is, the water is 200 to 250 feet high. And, and you got sharks swimming around. Boy, that looks like a good tasting meal there. They're coming across there like that. Boy, we're going to eat tonight. You know, we're going to eat today. And then all of a sudden, they got their five-hour drink now, and they're gone. Boy, they're going out the children. They're going to do this, do them in. All of a sudden, God said, Moses, stretch out your hand across the sea. And Moses did that. And then the water came. And then all of a sudden, they go, Oh my goodness! See, they already told Pharaoh, "Let's go." You know, let's, let's not pursue them. Look at what God, what they're not doing. He wouldn't want to hear that. His heart was so hard. He wanted to. He was determined. He was going to get them. He was going to get them back. And they died. They became fish food. Big fish food. Have you ever been in the Red Sea? Red Sea is full of. We we had an acro. When I was on acro, I had Dallas Kennedy, and when we did the show, the storm. That's where I. That's where we were positioned at in the Red Sea. Not only do they have the sharks and what have you, but they have sea snakes out there, and those things are more poisonous than rattlesnakes. So the Red Sea is no joke, and it's not red either. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, it's red, the Red Sea means sea of reeds. So, uh, so I'm moving on, guys. I'm sorry. I, I know that I'm, I'm boring you. I hope I'm not boring you. So God used the blood of lamb to free the children of Israel. God used the blood of Christ to free those who would believe in him from eternal damage, eternal damnation. So even crossing, so when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, that was that they would not see their enemy anymore. And when, and when Israel crossed the Jordan River, they knew that they were going in to take the promised land that God had given them. They knew that it was going to require some work. So they sent 40,000 men, armed men, of the four warriors before the children of Israel crossed over the Jordan River to position themselves to show strength. We got this. So, so they crossed the Jordan River to take over. And when you, when, when God calls you to do something, God is calling you to a particular place. He's calling you a particular profession and gifted you. He's calling you to go 
and to take over for him. Not for you, but for him. How do you do that? By trusting him, by staying with the plan. Don't get creative. Get godly. Stay godly. Seek God in everything that you do. Seek him. So in 2015, this is a new beginning for you. Why do I say new beginning? Have you ever figured that out? I know you do. Don't answer that. Here's a new beginning. Number seven last year was 2014. Two and four is what? Oh, sorry. Right. <laughs> 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 two, two and six are what? Two and, two and four are what? And one is what? Is zero, is, is, does zero have a numerical value? So last year was the year of completion, right? This is 2015. Five and two are what? And one is what? This is a year, a year of new beginning. In Hebrew scripture, eight is the number of new beginning. Forty is the number of trial and struggle. I don't know. I don't, you know, some of you are not 40 yet, so I don't know tell you no, just kidding. <laughs> the bottom line is God wants you to get rid of Egypt in order that he can bring you into your new beginning. Here's the third thing and the last thing here, uh, and that is the produce. You know when they hit the, when the produce, and that simply is that when they hit the promised land, they didn't worry about manna anymore. God didn't have to send quail anymore because they were able to eat of the land. And see, when God brings you into your purpose, when God begins to use you and, and, and elevate you in your purpose, you don't have to worry about somebody handing you some stuff down. Like when I was coming up, I had to get, I had to have used clothes and, and used clothes from houses that my mother, from people in my homes that my mom's home, my mother cleaned. I wore those kind of clothes, those hand-me-down clothes. And then we got clothes from Salvation Army, boys from Salvation Army. See, when God brought me into my destiny and bringing me into my destiny, I don't have to worry about buying secondhand stuff anymore or having people pass down clothes to me anymore. I don't have to worry about where my next meal is going to come from. I don't have to worry about where I'm going to live. When, I, when we couldn't pay our rent, we had to move out in the middle of the night and go stay with this person or that person. We don't, I don't have to worry about that anymore. When God brings you into who you are and supposed to be, you won't have to worry about that past stuff. But you will look back on that, and you will say, God, I'm so grateful for where you brought me from. And that means that you are thanking God for the process. You always want to thank God for where he brought you from. That, that You look back on where he brought you from, and you have a tangible, you have tangible evidence of the, the capacity of God to do what God said he will do. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful. I don't know about you, but I praise him. I don't know about you, but I can't thank him enough. I can't thank God enough. I didn't have what you guys have today, but I thank God for where I am now. I didn't think I would even get a college education, but look where I am now. Not by my doing, but by God's grace. When you know, when you, when you, get, to, when you get to that point in your life, where you know that God, what God is calling you to, Lord have mercy. You don't care about what Joe Blow and, the, and, the, and, the, and, the, uh, and his cheerleaders say. All you focus on is Christ and him crucified. They didn't die for you. 
They didn't provide anything for you. My mom and my daddy were divorced. They, my mother struggled. My dad didn't do anything, but my dad did everything, and he's doing everything. So you can't use the excuse, well, I don't have this, I don't have that. God can work with you wherever you are and do for you whatever he has purposed to do, no matter where you are. Oh, I can't do this in school. Yes, you can. If you stop trying to be a fashion place, if you stop trying to fit into the clique, if you stop trying to worry about what other people think of you because you want people to think that you're cool and you're in, if you can, I did it. I went through that mess. And all it did was call me, you mental turmoil and trouble. Oh, and I'm looking in the mirror myself all the time. You know, <laughs> oh, here's what you can do to build up your body, you know, with some muscle and all this stuff. Just be happy with who you are. Trust the Lord to do with you what he has put you in the world to do. Don't worry about your wants. Live in your needs because it is in your needs where God will propel you to your destiny. That's all I have to say. This is a new beginning. And if you love God, you will love your new beginning. Look out. No more Egypt. It's all blue skies ahead. Well, I think I've talked enough. <laughs> Don't agree with it. <laughs> He doesn't, he's not motivated by that stuff. 
be motivated by your heart. The faith is a faith walk. In any of these areas, we welcome it. Any area. Prayer. Give your life to Christ. You don't have to become a part of this ministry. Give your life to Christ. Wherever you are. Oh, I know you guys. You guys are good, right? Everybody's good. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? For prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you now for this young man that is before. I have no doubt that you will move in his life. That all the challenges that have been facing him, Lord God, that you will begin to roll the away that I see. That you are for him, Lord God, and you may be you being for him is more than the world against him. No matter what the challenges might be, Father, no matter what they might appear to be, God, you are still greater and greater and greater still. So I pray now, Lord God, you are anointing upon the show, man. I pray that you will use him mighty. I pray, Lord God, that you will open his mind, give him wisdom, give him discernment at his young age, Lord God, that whatever the enemy tries to do, whatever the enemy tries to say to him, he will be able to see through it, Lord God, and trust you and see you in every area of his life. I thank you now, Lord God, for ordering his steps. I thank you now, Lord God, for providing everything he stands in, Lord God, to accomplish the purpose of which you have placed them in this earth. No weapon formed against him shall prosper. The tongue that rises in judgment against him, I, I, I encourage him to pray for them, Lord God, that you may deal directly with them. But he is called to love everyone and curse no one. So I pray now, God, that you use him might Give your angels charge over him, Lord God, that nothing, Lord God, that anyone harm him. I pray this prayer, Lord God. Elevate him now in Jesus' name. Amen. And Father God, as he continues to involve one drunkenness to slash the gospel in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for faith, a supernatural increase of abundance of the faith and in Christ, Father God. We thank you that he loves you, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. And Father God, for every wherever he wants to go to for the arms for our concern, Father God, we be able to be his life, Father God. That he would be well even on the test that we have to take to give to give it to whatever brand he decides to give to, Father God. And we celebrate his life right now, Father God. Hallelujah. We just thank you, Father God. Oh, Father God, we thank you how you have raised him up from a little baby, Father God. Yes. And Father God, we are blessed to have him in our lives. Mm-hmm. In my name, we thank you, Father God. So we keep the blood of Jesus on him, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name.
Hallelujah, Father God. We just thank you for Miss Amita, Father God. We thank you for that special anointing that you have placed within her, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that you can speak in her heart, Father God, and what you would have her do. Hallelujah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. So we thank you, Father God, how to raise and turn up, Father God. We seek increase within her life, within the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. And I thank you, Father God, that she is a woman of prayer, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. She told me, Father God, she prayed for the man that God has sent her, Father God. And I thank you, Father God, that you have sent her the man that you have for her, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for her spiritual determination. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. I thank you, Father God, that she's a giver. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. I thank you for all that she's doing within her life, Father God. She's cold from the collar of her head and the soles of her feet, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. No generational curses can dwell within her body, Father God. Mm-hmm. And she's healed. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. We thank you for favor on her job. Hallelujah, Father God. We thank you for favor in her business. Father God. Yes, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus and that business will continue to flourish, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for her and her support to others in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. And she would be to a mentor others, Father God. Hallelujah, Father God. And all that you have given her, Father God, she gives your name all the praise and all the honor in Jesus Christ's holy name, Father God. And we speak, Father God, hallelujah for that marriage, Father God. Between your blessings that come in now, Father God. And they will continue to love one Father God, we thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. In the 
the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for this first plan, Lord, that you have given us in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, Father God, we thank you. Hallelujah. We pray you are not in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. That she will continue to love you, Father. That she will continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Father. And she will act strong in the spirit, Father. Oh, and that she is a leader, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father. That she did not turn from the left of the right, Father God, that she would live on the path that you have ordained for her to go on. Father God, we speak it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. We know her desire, Father God, is to see, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. But let him know, Father God, he's supposed to see him as God and his wife as his daughter and his sister, Father God. We speak favor, Father God. Favor, Father God. And Father God, thank you, Father God, for her grace, Father God. We thank you for that increase in grace, Father God. And that she will be a beacon, Father God, and a light for her other for other sinners, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. And we thank you for favor, even with her science teachers in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. And the science teachers will know that there's something different about her in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for favor in the government school. Hallelujah. Let's do that at this time, Father God. That you make sure great straight for her, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. And Father God, we thank you for this personality that she has. Father God, that God has a 
her life, Father God. If you not believe what happened to you, Father God, we put that at the altar. Yes. Jesus. Holy Amen. Amen.
in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. There really are so many people that have spoken into her about her gifts of being a teacher, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. She's even doing that, Father God, already, Father God. She's a beacon and she's a light at, at, at the school that she's already been placed at, Father God. She has already afforded so many people, Father God, in the body name of Jesus Christ. And people come to her, Father God, and just because of her compassion. Hallelujah, Father God. All this mother, Father God, in the body name of Jesus Christ, that puts her children before the book of God, Father God, in the body name of Jesus Christ. Her children are what they you know, are called to be, Father God. She has sacrificed so much, Father God, to be able to give them what they need in the body of Jesus Christ. Let her know, Father God, hallelujah. Now is her time, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. So we thank you for what you're doing in her life, Father God. Let the money be available, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. Oh, hallelujah. She has people that are waiting on her in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. Oh, Father God, I thank you how you have grown her. Hallelujah, and it is that we have shown her, Father God. Hallelujah, Father God. We just praise you for what you about these people that her life, Father God. We see good success, Father God. We question and agree, Father God, for the good success that you have within her, Father God. Oh, hallelujah, we thank you for the word that you have placed within her heart, Father God, that is coming forth, Father God, out of the rivers, uh, you know, out of her belly, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. Oh, that it was love, Father God. Then she knows without a doubt, Father God, that God loves her, Father God, and he has a demon of thoughts and a plan that he has for her, Father God. Oh, hallelujah. Let her not settle, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. We thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. And we count it done in Jesus' holy name. And we praise you in advance. Hallelujah, Father God, for what you're doing and what you're about to see. Eyes have not seen nor ears have heard. Neither any heart of man of what you have in store for this vessel. For this vessel, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Father God. As she stands beside her husband, Father God. Hallelujah, Father God. For the mandate that you have placed upon his life, Father God. That she's an integral part of it, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. They don't know yet. Hallelujah. But you have called them out. Hallelujah. Let it be done. In Jesus' holy name. Be turned her sweet, Father God. In the
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.